0: Men, Your elders and officials and all the other men of Israel, together with your children and your wives and the foreigners living in your camps who chop your wood and carry your water. You are standing here in order to enter into a covenant with the Lord your God, a covenant the Lord is making with you this day and sealing with an oath to confirm you this day as his people, that he may be your God as he promised you, and as he swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am making this covenant with its oaths, not only with you who are standing here with us today in the presence of the Lord our God, but also with those who are not here today.
1: From Jeremiah, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt, because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord, because they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. And from Romans...
2: reading is from John 15 verses 1 to 10. The vine and the branches. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to to my Father's glory, and that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. Amen.
0: I'm not a fan of January. As one person put it to me this week, it's the month that sucks the life out of you. January is the month that my Christmas decorations are taken down and my house looks empty and bare. Outside, oh, that's not much better, is it? The leaves are off the trees. The skies are grey. We have long, dark nights. And the weather is dreadful and cold. It's the month... When society decides that you must look back on the past year and recognize just how awful you've all been, myself included. It demands that we make a set of resolutions of how this year we're going to be new, improved, extra special versions of ourselves. Okay, some of you, not Anyone here, I noticed this morning, might have a special personal celebration, a birthday perhaps. And some people actually like the whole turning over a new page and beginning afresh. But then again, it's the month of back to school, back to work. It's the month of Blue Monday, The 21st of January this year, which is the most depressing day of the year. And did I mention, it's a long time till Christmas. You think that the church would do something about this, wouldn't you? Have some antidote. Some way of restoring the balance in such a depressing, statistically the most depressing month of the year. Good news! We got there in the end. Good news. Our service this morning is that very antidote. It is a service full of joy, of hope, of God's grace and love. It's a service which celebrates that we have this covenant relationship with God. That we are closely drawn to God. That he reaches out to us. It is said we are God's and he is ours. And it's not just in one of our readings this morning. It was in two. It was in Deuteronomy. His oath which the Lord your God makes with you today, that he may establish you today as a people for himself, and that he may be God to you. What hope, what joy. In Jeremiah, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. We are God, and God is ours. This close relationship with God is possible through the covenant, shining out hope for us in the dark days of January. They shall all know me, states God, in our reading from Jeremiah. This covenant relationship isn't for the select, the elect few. It's for all people. More good news. And how, how do we all gain this relationship? It is graciously provided by God himself through Jesus, his life, death, and resurrection. We don't need a list of self-improvements. This relationship is ours, freely given. We have it already. God gifts it to us. Our service today is about claiming that relationship for ourselves. I did some research on the covenant service, did my homework because this is only the second covenant service I've ever been to. I found out that the original promises were very much like wedding vows. Hence, there should be a picture up there at the moment. Oh, there we go. That's to remind me, wedding vows. They were to enter this covenant for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in all times and all conditions, loving and obeying God before all others to death. Yeah, death. They seem a little bit maybe out of touch in today's world. Maybe the language isn't something that we're so comfortable with in this covenant service today. But I think they're a really helpful reminder to us That whatever comes in 2019, and there will be better and worse, richer and poorer. That through all those times, we can still love and honor God. We can still sing, bless the Lord our God. And through all of that, through all times, through everything, God remains with us in this relationship Today's promises are just as challenging. For example, to be God's, to do with as God wills. To do with as God's wills. What does that mean? Knowing God, it could mean absolutely anything. And the unknown is a little bit scary. But to be God's? To have your life in God's hands. Where would you rather it was? What better place could it be? And then we have those lovely lists, don't we? To be employed. To be exalted. To be full, having all things Or the second set, which is to be laid aside, to be brought low, to be empty, having nothing. I wonder, if we did a lucky dip and they were filled with those two lists, which one would you be hoping God guided your hand to pick out? The first one or the second one? it might seem like a silly question. But for some people, to be employed for God's work, to be exalted, to become for others an example of God's love and to be filled with blessings so they are to bless others can seem maybe a little bit burdensome, a bit of a weight and a bit of a responsibility. They might think, Oh, why me? I haven't got the skills and the gifts. Why would God want me to do that? They might even think that some in the church community might be thinking the same thing. Why them? Why not me? And how, look how they're doing it. I mean, we're never judgmental of each other, are we? So for some, that first list of fulfillment can feel quite Worrying, quite scary maybe. Let's remember we're held in God's hands. Perhaps you're on the side of the people who would dread to be set aside to give up your work or your role that you love and which fulfills you so that others and the wider church might grow and flourish. Perhaps being brought low Makes you uneasy because somewhere deep inside that you don't like to talk about, you like the position you have, the responsibility, whether that's a role inside the church or outside it. It is hard to see how bringing someone low, emptying them, and leaving them with nothing could be God's will and be for God's kingdom. It is right that we understand that our responses, our promises, our vows today are weighty and need our consideration. But, good news. We must remember, we sung about it this morning, we don't do any of this in our own power. We do it all through God's, through God's grace. And it's through the spirit that we're enabled to live out the promises that we make this morning. Personally, I find that very reassuring. Interestingly, in my little bit of research, I found out that when John Wesley, all those years ago, was writing the original covenant service, even as he was putting pen to paper, he didn't expect that people would fully live it out. He knew that people might fail to live up to some of the things that they promise in this service. And I'm inclined to think that if John Wesley had the sense to realise that, then God knows it too. This service is not about living up to a set of impossible New Year's resolutions. It is rather, as our reading from Romans told us, about putting our lives before God, about focusing our lives on God, and in our relationship with him, growing closer to him and learning more about him. And again, in Romans, he reminds us that it's God that changes us from the inside and outside. We grow through Christ. Our reading from Jeremiah speaks of God writing God's ways on our hearts. That's such beautiful imagery. God writes his ways on our hearts. It's through God's love and God's grace that we are prompted to transform. As we continue our journey... In our covenant relationship with God, we're given even more blessings. As I've said before, our continued transformation does not rest on our own shoulders and our own works. It comes through the grace of God and through the enabling, empowering of the Holy Spirit. Deuteronomy reminded us that we're not standing alone before God this morning, but as part of a community. We do this together. Those who choose to make the covenant promise this morning do so as part of this church community. Our reading from John explained it further. We're branches connected to the vine, linked with our God and each other. As a community, the branches together, we are connected, and we can work out the implications of our covenant relationship together in our daily discipleship and living out of our faith as we stick together with God. I think it's a brilliant service. It's not a URC one. It's a Methodist one. Let's have it right. And it's a wonderful gift to all of us. It's a fantastic opportunity to take time at the start of a new calendar year to pause and to reflect and to intentionally rededicate ourselves and our lives to God. But it isn't about making a list of self-improvements or planning a set of tasks to tick off in the year ahead. It's about claiming for ourselves a relationship with God, gifted by God's love through Christ's grace and enabled by the Holy Spirit. It's about walking with our God and growing closer to her. Amen.